0: N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash W-T-F. Lock the gate! <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do this. How are you? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuckers? What what the fuck happened here? Oh, my God. I had a brain skid right at the beginning. It was jarring. Did it jar you? Like, are some of you... Sort of hypnotized with the expectation that 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 thing's gonna go well, that that first three list of what the fuck people are gonna just drop right into place like always, I had that same expectation in that moment. And it went south on me right there at that right out of the gate. All right. well, you know who we are. Welcome to the show. I'm Mark Marin. This is WTF, my podcast here uh, at the Cat Ranch, working out of my garage, which I'm, for some reason, allowing to be hot. I just, I turned the air off in the house. I turned the air off out here. I guess I wanted sort of a sweat lodge experience this morning. I wanted to kind of feel it out, get rid of the toxins. I don't have many toxins in me, but I got a few. You always got a few. I think the toxins can just generate themselves with bad thoughts. It's not all about what you eat or what you put in your body. I, I have this theory that's probably... Uh, can be proven or disproven that uh, bad thoughts will make your uh, will, will create the chemicals in your body to generate toxins. Of course, that's true. Of course, it is. Why does sickness come from stress? It's an inside job. That's right. That, there you go. There's an analogy for, uh, for a manifestation of your own self destruction, even if you're behaving properly. Why am I sick? It's an inside job. No one had nothing to do with this but but you. It's going to get you from the inside. Optimistic, beautiful thoughts for a Monday morning or wherever, whenever you're listening to this. I apologize. Everything's all right. I'm just sweating in my garage, and it's fine. I feel okay. How you doing? You okay? Everything all right with you? Special show today. Later in the show, I got my friend Jeff Tate in here. He's a funny comedian. We get into it get into some real shit about narcissistic parents and then uh, in a few minutes i'm gonna have uh, john Mullaney and nick kroll doing their uh doing their thing they've got their show oh hello on broadway so we'll talk to them about that but what's going on here what's going on with me Tour stuff, I do want to get a couple of dates out, I know I do this, but it is is what it is. This weekend, September 24th, two shows at the Wilbur. I don't know where we're at, but I know they got to be close to selling out. I hope. I know that we're doing all right. On October 21st, Campbell Hall at uh, University of California, Santa Barbara. On October 22nd, Largo here in Los Angeles. October 23rd. The Ice House down the street here in Pasadena. And uh, October 29th, Brendan McDonald, my uh, business partner and producer, uh, are going to be at the Now Hear This Festival. It's taking place uh, in Anaheim. Uh, it's like uh, There's going to be like 30 great podcasts, all live and in one place. And uh, well, you guys asked for it. You can now get single-day tickets to the festival. It's on October 28th through the 30th, as I said. Uh, Brendan and I will be there on the 29th, but the whole festival is uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. For all of the uh, info, you can go to nowhearthisfest.com for the tickets and whatnot. You can also get there through wtfpod.com. November 4th. I will be at Carnegie Hall, as you know. Uh, There's a few tickets left. Seriously, uh, selling well. I'm happy about that, but nervous. I want to push this one, too. November 19th, Nashville, Tennessee, at the James K. Polk Theater. Uh, I'm excited to go back to Nashville. I'm excited to eat in Nashville. I'll be at the Vic Theater December 3rd. That's in Chicago. I just have to do this because... They're coming up, and some of them are rescheduled, and I should want people at my shows, which I do, all right? I, I did have a few interesting moments recently, and uh, I want to I, I give a shout-out to the unsung heroes of shoe repair. I don't know what kind of shoes you wear or what, kind, what, what level you operate with your shoes, but I wear shoes that need to be resold. I don't wear sneakers much. I wear boots usually, and they need you need a shoe guy. You got to have a shoe guy. And I need a shoe guy that feels like a real shoe guy. Like I can't bring it to you. You, got, you just you got to walk into a shop, a shoe shop, a shoe guy shop, shoe repair, dude. You got to walk in and they always have like laces, usually belts and some purses and stuff. You know, somewhat displayed in the store, maybe in display cases. But it doesn't look like any of that shit is sold in decades. And then there's got to be weird pictures on the wall of well, it depends where you live. You know, like, you know, maybe uh, celebrities that are kind of off the grid a little bit, like a Tony Danza shot uh, signed. You see this at dry cleaners out here, too. But, you know, the shoe guy, it's important that he seems to know what he's doing. He's got to have that that feel that the old dude that's been doing shoes for a long time sees it as a craft, probably smokes cigarettes and right there in the. Back there in the shop, there's a lot of leather pieces around. There's a smell to it. That there's a, a sort of clutter to it. But you know he understands it, and he's just got to have this focus where you're going to trust him with this craft. It's a craft shoe repair. It's a beautiful thing. It's a, and I imagine there's still plenty of these guys around, but they're not. It's not. It's hard to find a good one. Like I went to this dude George, at George's shoe repair down on Colorado in Eagle Rock, and he was an old guy, but he was. He was sort of abrasive and and it felt there, there was an anger to the heel he put on. You know, he made a comment about like, because my heels were wearing a certain way. He said that, you know, you know, your walk is fucked up. He didn't say fucked up, but he says you got a problem with your walk. It wouldn't wear this way. I'm like, I know. Can we just not attack me? I understand. Can you put the heel on? Then he told me about Red Wings sub, subcontracting their heels out and he used to do them for Red Wings and I believed him. And then he just he just sort of slapped these fucking heels on that he didn't know if he had the right size heel. I don't know. The conversation, he was smoking, which I I like. He had pictures, which were okay. There was some other old guys hanging out. They were doing a thing, fine. He also sharpens knives, which is a nice plus because you you need a knife sharpened occasionally. But I didn't have complete faith. I felt like he was over it and he was sort of kind of going through the motions with the heel that he put on. But then I went back to this other guy because I didn't want to go to the George. So I went to this other guy that I went to once years ago at Harutz, on uh, over here on Eagle Rock. And I walk in, and and I feel bad about this, but he, I don't know what you're gonna do. I walk in, uh, the old man's there with all the stuff I mentioned, but he's got a he's got a portable respirator on, so he's got the the tube going up in the you know under his nose, and he's telling me how he you know he he got at the hospital, he's feeling okay, but he's going to. You know, a little slow, but he's getting back into it. And I felt bad for him. But then I had that feeling like, what if I leave my shoes here and this guy doesn't make it? Is it going to be a, a problem getting these boots back? I like these boots. And I thought like, dude, you can't really think that way. You know, if you want this guy to have the work and you believe in his work, you should give him the work and, and hope for the best. But I was sort of ashamed of myself that I had that thought. Like, I, I might never get these boots back because this guy might not live And then I I really didn't know and it was gonna take him a long time because he's moving slower. So I gave him a few weeks and I went back in there. You know, he called me. And I went back in there and I looked at these boots and the bottom of these boots were like art. They were like fucking art. He did a sole and he did a heel and he sort of like trimmed around the leather on the sole in a way that looked like he was you know focused on it there was little divots in there that he put in that was obviously a stylistic decision and he he put a little coat of polish on the sole and and the heel and it just had this kind of soft perfectly placed vibe to it and I looked I couldn't stop looking at the bottom of these fucking boots like this guy's a genius this guy's an artist and he is and he's got this respirator set up, so he's got about 30 feet of line. He can move around the whole shop, and I, I thanked him, and I thought it was beautiful, and we did a little fist bump, and he seemed genuinely excited that he's back in the groove, and they just, I'm afraid to walk out him, but I can't stop looking at these fucking soles and heels. It's so beautiful to see a craftsman do his work with passion and focus and experience, even if it's fucking shoes. And most importantly, shoes. All right, so here we go. It's always a party when I have the young fellers on, the young guns of comedy. Some people think I bust too much balls on the young guys, but they could take it. It's part of their training. Right? Right? But I happen to love Nick Kroll and John Mullaney and their uh, show, Oh, Hello, is now on Broadway. Performances begin this Friday, September 25th, and it's running for a limited engagement of 15 weeks. So go get your tickets at OhHelloBroadway.com. This is me and the incredibly funny and talented Nick Kroll and John Mullaney you get your podcasts Aj.
1: can you hear me? oh it's great cool
0: mulaney the young guns the, yeah.
2: oh yeah estevez and sheen
0: <laughs> diamond phillips uh, what uh so i saw your show you did oh hello i was on it you were. You saw it at Largo, man. <laughs> yes. I did. Not only did I see it, I was the guy yes, on it. Yes, you were. You, I were wonder, the,
1: you were a wonderful guest on. I it. I was
0: the guest on it, uh-huh. and, I, and that, the tuna is that a spoiler? No, the, no that's Fine, you can that's reveal it. The, the tuna <laughs> sandwich is that's a, that's not a spoiler. If people it, are going to go see the Broadway, it's show. oftentimes spoiled, but it's not a spoiler. It's been left out, but it's no surprise. So my, my thing is, it's very funny, uh, and I enjoyed it. And I'm just going to get right into it. Let's go. You know, I, I mean, I know you guys. I'll, I'll give you notes, please. <laughs> We're going to Broadway, man. We need notes. We need all the help we need. When is the theater in Broadway you're doing? <laughs> the Lyceum a- Theater. That's a nice theater. I was uh, fascinated with the characters. George, give me the full name. St. Giegland. And that's you. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. me. And uh, Gil Faison. Because these are New York characters that are so ambiguous. Thank you that like but like you know where did those i mean i kind of know like there's no point of reference for me to go like oh these guys right <laughs> but
2: you had a, i mean they're in albuquerque they're everywhere no i know the guys they're who were Berkeley. kind of
0: artistic and never quite also ran a
2: couple of artistic also rans yeah you know, who are Super liberal, right? Super misogynistic, right? A little racist, <laughs> kind of gay, yes. Well, yeah. I well, mean, as as John describes George St.
1: Gingle when he when it, yeah. My character's
2: neither female nor Jewish, but like many men over seventy, somehow both. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's just a, it's a, it's
1: a, and and then Gil is like a, uh, you know, a little baby. Yeah, he's like an old man baby, <laughs> um, and it's probably always. But I think it is that kind of guy who who is. Was an artist in some capacity, and so he sees himself as such, even if he's not creating art anymore and is not actually the liberal, the bastion of liberal thought that he believes himself to be, like that of that baby boomer era.
0: Right. So these are those guys you just see walking around the West Side, the Upper West Side. Yeah. That uh, you just wonder about their lives. Yeah. Their their clothes look really. I sort wonder of about old. their
2: money so much.
0: <laughs> but yeah, you I'm do? like, you like, live
2: in that how, building. Where
0: did it come from? Where, where did, did it money?
2: come from? How does it work? I even if it's rent controlled, how does it work? Yeah. How do you get a couple hundred dollars? Together, because <laughs> yeah. you're not working. You're not w- working. You're saving
0: ketchup's. Yeah, like, <laughs> that, where does it come from? Where I, does wonder, a I wonder. I wonder that from? about everybody. Like, and then you just want—did they manage your money well, or did they, is there money there, or do they scrape by? I mean, I think social security. Yeah, I think they're on social like security. Yeah, they jumped and on like that
2: just straight up pride. Yeah, I think like there's lots of eviction laws we don't know about that are super Byzantine, and it's hard to kick two guys. It out It is hard apartment. to kick people yeah. out. So and yeah, they and they're living
1: on like the the ramen flavor. Packets. Yeah. Like if yes. you went into their home you'd be like, Oh, this oh is incredible. If you dumb. if
2: you went through their budget point by point, it would really suck. Yeah. Like could-
0: why <laughs> Well I get scared of that too. Just like, you know, you, you think a lot about like what you're gonna do and then you realize you just talk about doing it or you think about doing it and all of a sudden your life's gone. Yeah. These <laughs> that's two the these, hope. that's where you meet our that's where you meet our heroes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they never became Richard Dreyfus and Philip Roth. And right. they're kind of Still not realizing it? That's yeah. exactly it, though, yeah. isn't it?
0: And it's just like, because like if you don't have kids or you don't have a wife and you just have each other like they do or whatever the hell yeah. their oh, backstory in is, is that you don't really sense your aging.
1: No, you, if all you have is the, the mirror to yourself yeah. is this other person who's in a similar, same relationship you've had for 45, 50 years. And
2: you still insist with each other you're going
0: to hit it big <laughs> and <laughs> deserve to. <laughs> yeah. With no point, no reality check. No, no why? reality. What's how did you, How did you guys start making the show? What was the, what was the, the kernel of an idea? Was it a sketch?
1: It was sort of a sketch. I I was um, we hosted a show together at Rafifi. You remember Rafifi yeah. in New York uh, about ten years ago, and uh, I had been hosting a show with Jesse Klein, uh, and then she moved out to L.A. and and I asked John to to host the show, and we were trying to figure out what we wanted to do, whether we would do stand up or something, and we and we we had started we had started talking like these guys. Yeah, um, yeah. we had seen these two guys. Um, uh, at a bookstore at the Strand. Uh, of course. And they yeah, were... they With were, their own bags. Yes, they each had their own <laughs> old tote bag. bags. Yeah. The <laughs> old Strand bags, which we used to say was eight, uh, Strand is eight, eight miles of books. And 12 miles of loneliness. <laughs> <Yeah>. And... <laughs> <laughs> and so we see we go in there and we see these two guys yes. buying their individual copies of Alan Alda's Never Have Your Dog Stuffed <laughs> hardcover hardcover great uh, book
3: by the
0: way yeah. great book I've, I just talked to Mr. Alda yes was I know I, wonderful I was, conversation
1: uh, uh, amazing he's yeah. such a real uh, uh, actor and artist yeah in a way that we're not. And a curious not. guy. Yes. Like a yeah, sweet thinker. guy.
0: And like, yeah, thinker. And he's like, he likes science. Yes.
1: He hosted, yeah. what, 13 years Scientific
0: American. Yeah, he's very into making sure kids like science. Yeah. Uh, can you and, imagine? Yeah. Can and, you imagine
2: caring about that? That's yeah, so I noble. Do. I really respect that.
0: I, I like That's why I don't have children, because I don't care. Because can, can you imagine I pointing don't. the stars out to them and lying and making up names <laughs> of the stars? <laughs>
1: So we we see these two guys buy their book, buy yeah. that book, and then we, we just immediately kind of become fascinated with them, follow them out of the Strand to, like, a diner, coffee shop. You're following th- them now. We are now following these They're two great. men. Yeah. And we follow them, and, and then as they sit at a coffee shop and both start reading their their <laughs> copies... Of uh, Alan of Alan Alda's book, never have your dog. Not stuff.
2: talking too much, but clearly like conjoined twins. Yeah, yeah.
1: and we just it, those they just became a yeah. they became the a, a focus point of of guys that we've been interested in.
2: Right, um, this was also the time of like what was this 2005? This mm-hmm. was when a lot of people like. A lot of people through the New York Times had just heard about John Stewart or something. Right. It'd be like right. people get their news from Jen Daly. Yeah, he'd <laughs> be like, "Oh, you're the worst." Yeah. <laughs> and like those, like it was those types of folks were really that was yeah. their that was a they're, high they're day. like, like there
0: it was a generation that that maybe were on the pulse. You know, yes. forty Clothes years yes. ago, yes. like when when uh, when New York was like you know uh, uh, when when Dick Cavett was on.
1: Yes, when Dick Cavett was yeah. on, when Ed Koch before and after became mayor, and the, and the and literary
0: lions yeah. meant something. Yeah, and well, Elaine's was still open. Was like you could all, get thirty dollars. Like
1: maybe they ended up near CBGB's one night, you know, or like they were outside Studio Fifty Four. It's that time when New York was dirty and sexy. Yeah, and and these and kind of porous They yeah. could have
2: made it downtown. Yeah. And these In guys probably after weren't
1: hours actually. Way a part of that scene but they were close enough to it all that they could feel like they were a part of it
0: well the funny also the funny thing about the show is it, it does take on um, theater in a way yes. is that like you know there's an idea about theater and what theater should be and what and I don't know what it's become necessarily it's definitely a big money business with you know shows that are based on we movies we think and we're whatnot. gonna be as big as the Lion King
2: <laughs> yeah I think so
0: <laughs> I think so
1: <laughs> we think it's going to be as big, big as, as Lion the Lion King, King. Which but is made did. just a, has made about seven but and a
2: half billion dollars. But the show—we don't have the economics of that worked out since we're a limited run. But <laughs> and we have
0: hard ads. It's gonna be close. Yeah, yeah it's, it's gonna, gonna be, be close. <laughs> but it, within the show, you kind of play with. Um, like uh, you know, Armisen used to do a, a one man show yes. guy. Mm-hmm. Yes, so you guys kind of play with amateur theater a little in a way, amateur right? and amateur and professional. <laughs> yeah.
1: But it it is. Is, we, we we sort of I think the idea the is that we both like love and hate theater, right? And so as theater it, fans
2: do, I
0: think right. And so it. it becomes you had a to sit celebration some that, bad
1: ones, right? Like the tropes. Yes, it's of, interminable. Like, yeah. There's a new trope that John added in recently uh, that George, uh, when someone coughs. Yeah. Into a how,
2: handkerchief to yeah. show that they're dying, and they so, just have a little spot of blood. You know? Right, so then they yeah. can show the audience like,
1: "Oh, this guy's dying." Okay, let me um, cheat that to the audience. Yeah. To show you a spot of blood. Yeah, <laughs> uh, or the one-sided phone call where you get all this information out about right. what the other side is like. You right, know, like Gil takes a call and he's like, eh, "Yeah, And the police—that's who you are. <laughs> Um, well, we've
2: seen great plays, and, and then you'll see plays where you're like, "How did you know or think this was done?" Yeah, you know, like they just end. Yeah, you know, those types at mid <laughs> yeah, like, line. Yeah, whoa, you're on a yeah. sentence. Yeah, well, I, don't, I don't understand
1: a lot of plays. I don't either, and yet. I, I love going I do a good piece of I do think a good piece of theater is good theater is the best is, a, is a, when it's really good it's amazing did you go um, see
0: those Annie Baker plays
1: yes she's great Flick I yeah. saw that I
0: thought that was unbelievable did you see the humans the Stephen Carroll no I haven't play? seen that one that yet. was very good those are new people that I was introduced to yes. by my friend Scott Rudin ah uh, your, your dear nice. yes Yes. hey, hey Scotty,
1: if you're listening out there hey Scotty we'll talk <laughs> yeah,
0: you yeah. he'll go see you yeah. he loves
1: theater I know It was we, we saw I saw Flick and downtown and I thought it was it's like a three over three hours and I was not at any point bored normally I could be in an hour and a half one set one set three people yeah. f- three hours and I was enraptured the whole time but I was sitting there watching the play and this woman opened up a plastic a canister a plastic of, of blueberries and starts uh. eating it and I was like oh thank you <laughs> and then there was an old man who was like a George St. geelan type wearing yeah. like a Nantucket hat right? you know like a Martha's Vineyard like pastel hat and he became super focused on the woman eating blueberries right so I was in an watching, annoyed way yes in an annoyed way gesturing to Gesture. her to wife. no one and to everyone. So angry to his wife. Can you believe this? This woman eating was blueberries. Was the plastic making noise? It was the plastic was making yeah. noise. So he was going nuts. So for me, that and, and we, I walked out of that show and was like, John, we have to do a bit about how people everyone should be welcome to eat food during our show. Yeah. And open your containers slowly. Yeah. Make okay. a lot of noise. But don't the funny thing
0: fast. is, is like when I talk to Annie Baker, it's like it's these subscription theater goers that don't know what they're going to see, oh, that yeah. want to remain involved and yeah. think it's important yeah. and they show up for these shows that they're not going to understand and that's you two yes you're the ones that go to that yes exactly we talked you're... to Will Farrell about it and he was like just wait for night 50 when <laughs>
2: the people are staring up at you like what is this yes he was like it's the best <laughs> but,
1: but also it'll be an interesting thing with our show because we are George and Gill are, are those the people subscription that's theater what mean, everything yes. about
2: them is subscription including that was clothes. my point
0: <laughs> right yeah so shoes. we will
1: see we will see how those people, re- what, what and we e- normally. The, the, the
0: very small people, the very small group of people that you're directly satirizing. Yes, yes. yes. Well, will actually come to your show. They were, we, they are
1: they will
2: decide whether we live or die. Yeah,
1: they're, the, they're the, literally the, a dying
0: breed. Yes. So like the, the people yeah. we have
2: flushed out of their holes yes.
0: and, yeah. <laughs> and choose
2: to satirize. <laughs> yeah, the,
0: the, the, there's going to be people in your shows in New York that yeah. are like, this is too close to
1: home. It's like having it's leukemia and it's only your estranged brother as the bone marrow to keep you alive. Right.
0: <laughs> Although someone said
2: once about, like a comedian said about fat jokes, like they always work because no one thinks they're the fattest person in the room. <laughs> I think all of them will be like, I'm not the most failed writer in here, so <laughs> this is great.
0: Well, the, the bottom line is, is that in order to maintain a delusion long enough to still think you're going to make it, you don't think of yourself that of way. No, no of
1: course not. It's and,
2: one
0: of the saddest things about show business. Also, I think that we live in, <laughs> yeah, you're
2: still out there going like, I'm not the irrelevant one. Yeah, not, no. You're it's going to happen, man.
0: It's that you never know. You yeah. never I know, know it's when coming. it's, gonna, Lewis it's coming. Louis Black
2: was 40 when it happened.
0: That's what I heard. And yeah. our guys
2: are only 75. That's right. So and I <laughs> think Dangerfield thing. was 60 when it And I really think they, they hold both of those men up as. Yeah. Like... Lou Black was only was 40 <laughs> when it happened. And we're
0: only 35. But our dear years friend
1: Lou Groovy is. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Lou Groovy still not happening. Yeah. How much improv is there on a given night outside of the guest section? Given night can rain. I mean. 20 to 30 percent, yeah. I'd really, there's, yeah, there's, yeah. There's,
2: there's a there's because we forget a lot of we stuff, we forget our so fun lines, though, right? yeah. And that's yeah. what
1: keeps it. I think part of it is like we're kind of constantly trying to surprise oh. each other with new jokes that will keep in, e- e- keep, <laughs> keep us each in you know, invested <laughs> and engaged.
2: Are you and gonna... also there's always a moment right before we walk out where birdland by the weather report is playing, and <laughs> yeah. We do look at each other and go, like, I don't remember it tonight, yeah. For those nights oh. where it's like i think i know it tonight and then <laughs> those nights was like i don't know i don't know night.
1: but we will sing the right before the birdland comes on backstage and we will sing a song to each other yeah to oh, the
2: tune of birdland about being f- close friends with the mets <laughs> yeah it started off as oh the mets, are, the a mets. Theme, right? the mets the are a recurring theme the mets part are part of it show
1: D- you know uh the mets are but all that because that 80s i grew up in new york and and in the 80s mets that 86 Mets scene was like a real key for me but it's all of that stuff that i think is and and but for some reason we sing this song about how you can become friends with the Mets. Yeah, I mean, right, honestly, right. though, this was, this became like, this both started dead serious and the biggest joke in the world. It right. It's like, what are you going to do? It's like, George and Gil are going to be on Broadway. Yeah. It's the biggest fucking joke in the world. Yeah. And
2: yet it became the thing that was like. To them, though, no, it's a it's a fucking natural next step. Right. For George it's and Gil. It's a victory lap. Of and course. A, and a you're welcome to New York. Of course. Are
0: you going to do special things because you're in New York? Are you going to. Oh, hit, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We have special guests. I mean, are you
2: going to get a Met?
1: Yeah, we're trying to get Mets. We're talking <laughs> guests already. I mean, we, we're... <laughs> we're going to get a Met cap. We're, for we are... If we don't have Alan Alda on the show, we I will be... I will see all of this as a fail. Mm-hmm. Who else,
0: who, yeah, why couldn't you? Of course you could get him.
1: Well, that's the goal. I mean, you know, he likes to do things. We don't all have the cat ranch, though. You know what I mean? We're no, not.
0: but you know, he likes to do. Yes, things. I, he I,
1: I. He. It would be that would be a dream, and we'll have. But the goal is to have we name had, some other hopeful
2: guests. We had a call this morning about getting Trump's doctor. <laughs> yeah, we want Trump's
0: doctor. <laughs> oh,
1: that guy looks but, like and a We horse want, team. We yeah, want Bernie. We're going to go hard at Bernie Sanders because Bernie. The The idea is that George and Gill go Bernie. back to the the Burlington, the Burlington, Burlington days. days with Bernie Sanders. Sure, sure. Like, yeah, that we yeah, were yeah. In, that George and Gill were in the Burlington Three. And Legal Bernie might know room. about
0: the the one gay experience. You- exactly. <laughs> yeah, at Durst Health Food Store. Yeah. yeah.
2: All the preserves. Yeah. Nothing but the preserves. Watching us. Yeah. That Everyone writhing on the, back the floor. The are that George and Gill
1: were in Vermont when Robert Durst had opened the health food store, <laughs> and the, we drove
2: him the- out of business.
0: <laughs> we, we said, "You little back. psycho, get out of town." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you could just time travel with these guys everywhere. East Coast. Yeah. There's some
2: zealots. Anytime I zeal- think they're getting irrelevant, them. like bam, Robert just- Durst is out, and it's like, yep, that's
0: them too. They uh, knew him. Who but who okay Bernie, so who on Bernie Alan, Alan, I all mean the like Trump's doctor. We're going to get a bunch I'm of met.
1: Yeah, I'm we'll met. get a met. We'll get all the a bunch of Broadway people on hopefully. Oh yeah. I mean we'll be there during election properly in the election season. I would assume Trump will ask to come on. We assume, yeah.
0: <laughs> would you do that?
2: No. <laughs> I guess not. He's like a super funny comedian that, like... It's I'm gone like, too far. Yeah, it's gone yeah. too far. Yeah, yeah. It,
0: It's like... Uh, the a, a doctor
2: fa- thing was so funny in the next day. Oh, that like, picture of the doctor. Yeah. The, and then the Dwayne Wade thing came out, and I was like, dude, can you let us have your doctor for 24 hours? Yeah, just give
0: us five minutes <laughs> Yeah, to, to be enjoy
2: a- your doctor before you're a monster.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Then. Broadway people, like what, Nathan Lane or somebody? Yeah. Oh, we'd love him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nathan
1: Patty, LuPone. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'd like... If anybody's listening... We want y'all to come on the show, and we will George and Gill will be Jeffrey Gurian if we can. Oh God, that would be a Jeffrey get. Gurian is Jeffrey a, part Gurian show. Gurian, a part of Gurian, our show. Gurian, you have to do two
0: different deals once for his hair, and then he <laughs> <laughs> knows well, that. We, we have
1: we had him on the the Off Broadway run. He's the or he's our security, the Gurian <laughs> the angels. Gurian who, by the way, so we had Jeff Gurian on. People don't know Jeff Gurian. He's the king of Google comedy. It. Google, Google Jeffrey, Jeffrey Gurian. G U
0: R I. Got it, And yeah. you've seen him. You've seen him. Have I seen him? I've seen him my whole life. Yeah. Oh, I just I just. I don't know. Is he is he still a practicing dentist or he, is he Jeffrey Gurion
1: DDS? I don't know if he but practices. He a healer, and does comedy a lot. But now, he's yeah. a healer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and he he, um, he was a dentist. He was a dentist. So he he was our he. We had this thing called the Gurion Angels. He's our security, like the Guardian Angel. Yeah. So we made him a red satin jacket. That's we a Gurion Angels. Beret. We made him a red beret that he would hold but won't wear because it will mess, mess, his mess with that his hair. hair. Go. You everyone... should, if you
0: could get Trump's doctor and Jeffrey oh Gurion on one show, the odds that they don't know each other are they got
1: to know. So each other. so <laughs> we so Gurian comes and does our security for we did a press conference that we held that George and Gil held uh, yeah. themselves a, a, people, a yeah. comedy press matters yes that's, that's Gurian's does. website and we so, made it on there So so Gurian is our security and then he comes he comes and sees the shows and goes you know I'm I'm actually, I've been thir- friends with uh, Curtis Lewa. Curtis Lewa from the yeah. Guardian Angels for 30 years. I, b- I, b- I do his teeth. So then he brings Curtis Lewa to the show. <laughs> Who wears the jacket and sure. the real beret. Yeah. yeah. And, As he does. He's and, the invent. He's and, the, king. And he's the king of the Commander. commander. Armis, Armisen was our guest that night. Yeah. And I've never seen Fred, you've known More Fred. More starstruck never. More starstruck than when he met Curtis Lewa. Oh really? Because yeah. he's a Long
2: Island kid you know Fred. <laughs> so he was like, oh my god <laughs> you're Curtis Lewa. Yeah. And he was like yeah, I am. Yeah, and he was like, "Jeffrey used to help me when I get my teeth knocked out." So their arrangement was like: 80s Curtis Lewa gets punched in the mouth on yeah. the subway, goes right. to Gurion, Gurian patches takes him up. takes care back out on the street. Yeah, yeah.
0: Gurian might be
1: involved. Gurian will, Gurian will make sure That's to be involved. That's the one promise
2: we can have. <laughs> oh, who else though?
1: Who else? Is, I mean, like the I Joe
0: mean, Joe Piscopo. Piscopo.
1: We've talked. We're we're we have an end. Of Piscopo. We want
2: to go to Geraldo. We want, um... I uh, was watching this thing on Morton
0: Cavett, Downey why don't you Jr. get
1: Cavett? We Cavett was Cavett on the show probably. in New York. We he would was. have him back.
2: Morton have... Downey Jr. was alive, we'd have Morton Downey
1: Jr. Yeah, um... I feel
2: like Gil would go to those tapings. Oh, for Jersey. sure he yeah. would
1: go. Um, <laughs> but, like, you know, there's, like, the John McEnroes of the world. There's, like, everybody. I mean, I'm
2: also... There are a bunch of <laughs>
1: All names. All one of them. Sondheim we want. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. want Sondheim, Sondheim hard. Sure, we yeah. want to get Steven, Sondheim.
2: If you're listening, we're huge fans. Duo hello. What about Malkovich. Yeah I'll take Malkovich We'll take Malkovich Good actor Great actor If Uh, he's listening Great actor
1: uh, (laughs) um...
2: William Hurt Oh, oh, a dream. Please. A dream. Dreyfus. Richard Dreyfus. Richard Hard Dreyfus. Gilfaisan. I
1: think that's who Gilfazan has his. He cra- saw in the apprenticeship cross-airs. of
2: Dutty Kravitz and was sure. like, why aren't I in that? Why movie? am I not Dreyfus? <laughs> why am I not Dreyfus? <laughs> <laughs> I could have been eaten by a shark. <laughs> He's never even seen it. No, I've never. He seen doesn't it. actually know what it's
1: Dreyfus about. Dreyfus
0: would be great.
1: Dreyfus. Yeah, he lives out here, though, I think. But we'll. I mean, that's the goal is. We'll do a jet. And then blue, there's like
2: not mint, but we'll fly
0: past Yeah.
1: We'll do a. We'll do a Kristen Chenoweth. We'll do a, uh, yeah. you know, and then we'll have like the, you know, hopefully our friends who are Kelly in Kelly Rippa. Kelly Rippa would oh, love, love to Kelly have Rippa. her. We want to go on. George and Gill want to go on The View. They want to go on.
2: Yeah, we really want. George and Gill really want to be on The View.
0: Yeah. That should be doable.
1: That's what we're working we'll on. We're working on George and Gill, Dr. Oz.
0: Well, you all this money goes into, into advertising and doing these things because it's not a pricey production, the TUI is. Yeah.
1: It yeah. actually is. We have a proper <laughs> Broadway set and yeah, we have union guys, Union set. guys, but its it becomes a much bigger... We are trying to take a show that
2: and scale it
1: to wherever it is. Yeah, yeah so when you, we
2: started to do bigger houses like the Wilbur and the Warner, it was like, okay, let's like... Let's project a little.
0: So, like, by doing the the test shows in these other markets, you realize, like, we, you know, you could build scale it up, baby. Right, but you didn't have a set there.
2: We had a beautiful backdrop that was different than the Cherry
0: Lane. But that set. was
1: just for traveling reasons. At the so, like, our yeah. set in New York, our Broadway is going to be a it's gonna real. Turn.
0: Maybe you could turn around and you're at the strand. I'd like
2: a little Lazy Susan just yeah. in the middle, just for us to turn.
1: Just for, like, you know, dumplings. Yeah. For sweet Time egg. has
2: passed, and now a slow turn. And
1: now a slow turn, and we dip
2: egg roll into duck sauce. <laughs> <laughs> a turn so that we can each po- pop a pill that we've pocketed the whole time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it sounds fun. So the plan is
0: this. you're going to have a guest. To air, we'll are they, do, we'll are have
1: everybody? guests, but we also, on the road, did we would pull people out of the audience. Which so we really would. Funny. my guess is we'll have a a mix of... Broadway people, political people, Hollywood people, comedy people, but then also we would pick like a, a kids out of the audience in you know and and, and right. <laughs> yeah, we and Gil. pulled
2: a geologist out of the audience in Boston who was working on the big dig. You know, really?
1: yeah, yeah. And in a way that's almost as much fun as and I listening to your show it's like sometimes it's the discovery of someone's life that is as interesting as knowing yeah. everything about I them. I get a,
0: a lot of requests for people to uh, for me to interview just people people. Have you done that? A person person? Yeah. <laughs> not a monster who's chosen <laughs> to become an artist? <laughs> not,
2: not, not someone with an artifice selling something?
1: I don't think
0: I really have. Uh, just a, like a guy who, like, uh, like you know, my optometrist is a jazz trumpeter. Really? Yeah, wow. he got a place right down here, but he's a, he's a Jew from Indianapolis, I believe. Really? His father, I think, was like a pharmacist or something, and he grew up a Jew in uh, wanting to be a jazz guy, and he's part of the, Indian, like, the I Indianapolis. like Indianapolis thriving Indianapolis jazz. Has he ever played he's, with he, Goldblum? Uh, we, no, but he plays down here at the York like once really? a week with his trio, oh, and he's got nice. records out.
1: I mean, like to me, I would Dr. love to Kane. hear. I would happily listen to that interview. And he
0: talks like a jazz guy. Yeah, really? yeah, man. He talks like that. He's like, yeah, you got a cataract, yeah, bro. Yeah, no, <laughs> bros. No, but yeah. like, yeah, yeah, man. You know, like, I uh, saw a
2: doctor once who was a Lord Buckley enthusiast. You oh, know, that oh, jazz bo yeah, comedian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and we the the talked about best. Lord Buckley. The nazz. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It was a full physical where we talked about Lord Buckley. When he laid it, it
0: stayed there.
1: That's fucking <laughs> oh.
0: Buckley's good.
1: Yeah, yeah. I would love to. Ha- um, I would love to have. I mean, De Blasio will take. We'll take De Blasio. We'll take Al Sharpton. Um, we're hoping for Al Sharpton. You can get those. Would guys. we want? Would you want Rudy or no? No, I don't not think now. so. Not anymore. Mm. Okay. Well, I mean, we he's we too we, we lay in. We, yeah, Rudy gets it. Rudy gets a piece from us. In the well, the th-
0: oh, he does. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, like if you guys and I think you could handle it, but like, and he knows how to play, but you'd have to go at him a little.
1: We'd let him dress up like a lady, which if is he what he wants do to that. do more than anything. I, no
0: one focuses on that anymore. But he <laughs> like did that like nine the
1: or eight
2: ten years times. that he ruled New York <laughs> with like Gestapo like tactics. But then once <laughs> yeah. a year, would... once a year, it'd be like, oh, look who's in the Rockettes Come on, we're having a good time. <laughs> so <laughs> everyone's
0: arrested. So everyone get in the car. <laughs> so you're not. So you're not worried about booking a guest for every night? Um, no, no, no. I think because I want it also. Which really I, fun to pull people. It's up.
1: fun to pull, pull from the crowd, and I think the crowd. It you want to just make people feel and I, and I and I to believe it to be true. Like like everybody that night is having the experience of being
0: in that show on that yeah. night. Yeah,
2: it's like I mean, it's and like also watching, by not remembering our lines. It helps. Like, <laughs> yeah.
0: Have you guys tried crowd surfing at all? Oh my god, oh. <laughs> those guys. <laughs> Those guys have... I think, those I, just, guys, I, I think I just added to the show. I know. Well, I so. I, By the way, there's like the
1: calcium supplements that these guys are not taking. Yeah. It would, they would literally crumble backwards.
2: And you uh, just hit a hard flip phone when you hold their pocket. Yeah. <laughs> Have we these were, gone on sale yet? Uh tickets are on these sale. These suckers are on sale. These yeah. suckers
1: are on sale. When we yeah. were in,
2: but when we oh, were ohhellobroadway.com. Yeah. Yes. Come on.
1: Oh we ohhellobroadway.com. I can't on, say, we cares? can't say this enough. I mean it's it I will both John and I I think are super comfortable pushing this so hard, yeah. Like yeah. just because it's like the most fun
2: thing to do, yeah. So it becomes like it's, I have no. What are we going to lower its integrity? Go see
1: the thing. <laughs> go, go, go see, see the, it. Go, go buy see tickets. The goddamn They're show. more
2: expensive than you think. <laughs> You're going
1: to pay more than you want. But, <laughs> but it's God okay. Damn it. Go to the it's show. It's a night out. It's go for to us. dinner on 44th <laughs> Street. Yeah. Have a weird
2: meal that's Italian. <laughs> <laughs> tell the wa- tell the waiter you have to leave by six. Go enjoy. Eat, go
0: eat expensive
1: barbecue. That's not that good And be exhausted. Yeah. Come to the show and be exhausted. Go to
2: dinner at five thirty.
1: Pay yeah. way too much. Yeah. It's all over. At to do
0: right pe- around the corner from do, the yeah, theater. Yeah, a peanut M and M M&M sugar boost and then crash <laughs> yeah. so hard. Twelve places that look exactly the same yeah. right
2: there. Oh, oh God. Yeah. If you buy a soda, you're not going to get the cap because you know you'll whip it at the
1: stage. Yeah, you'll get a sippy a cup. terrible
2: spaghetti
0: and then come see the <laughs> show. Hard Deep spaghetti that even a college student here. wouldn't make. Stand, Stand outside spaghetti. and try to see if there's someone who will call. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, Lynn manuel get him. We're oh, yeah, oh, yeah, a, there's a big ask
2: out to him. But, you know, Oh Hello and Hamilton are big We're going hard yeah. at Hamilton. Yeah, we're taking all the steam.
0: Because yeah. the main guy left. Yeah, because the guy uh, wrote the show and started. Did it. you did see the guys opening. see the show? Yeah. it was very How much did you pay for tickets? I Who's paid a that? lot of me? money. Is that my phone?
2: I think it's you. Yeah. A classic marimba ring. Who do we have? Name names.
0: <laughs> it's, I get these weird calls from uh, the
2: New York area selling things. Did yeah, you I donate know. to a
0: political campaign? No, is that uh, what it is?
2: Yeah, because I donated to our our main man. Yeah, Bernie, sur- seven eight months ago. Don't jump on my throat. It was a while ago, and uh, <laughs> it was one. It was one who was cute. Um, and, and now I get calls. These survey.
1: Your number? I'm getting. I get about three now, two or three calls a day from like Kissimmee, St. Florida, or yeah, like wherever. Too. Right. right. Yeah. And they're like, "You want to
0: refinance?" Yeah. Those kind and of then it's like,
1: "This is the IRS. <laughs> you are we are foreclosing now." That would send George and Gill into a deep panic.
2: <laughs> oh my god! All they need is our credit card numbers, <laughs> and they'll no, stretch security. Out. Do, uh, do you guys oh
0: take Diners Club still?
2: Okay. All right.
1: All right. All right. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank it was you. great. I'm
0: so happy you guys come and are going to be do on it. the show in New be a, York. Be a guest. When is it run?
1: We run from September 23rd to January 8th until, <sighs> until we get until the show gets canceled. Oh, gets about, yeah, I don't it know if I, I
0: if I'm going. I'll tell you. Come come you be have, on the don't show. You have business in New York. George and Gillian. i gonna punk I'm going you so next hard, week baby. for a few days, but I don't know if I'm going back again. We'll
1: be there every night. God damn it! We're every there. night for f- even Mondays. Mondays were dark. Mondays were dark. Mondays, dark. Dark. Mondays are terrible. Mondays are dark, so that George and Gil can take an Epsom salt bath. <laughs> <laughs> and a a, a forty-hour. They do like a will. They do an altered
0: states. <laughs> floating. Yeah, yeah. floating in the bathroom. Yeah they, yeah. In the they in own, yeah, they do it in their own. Yeah, they do it in their own tub <laughs> <laughs> with a blindfold. <laughs> All right, it's gonna be fun. I'm glad you guys came. Thank by. you, Mark. Bye, Mark. Thank Bye. you. Bye, Mark. Mm. Fun, right? Huh? Aren't those fellas fun? Go see that show. It's something. It's uh, it's like a a beautiful hot rotted vaudeville. Go see Oh Hello. All right? You can go to oh hello broadway.com. Jeff Tate is gonna be here momentarily. Last night at the comedy store I was talking to some dude, some guy kinda cornered me, fan, but it's nice to talk to him. Australian fella. And uh I had a pee. I like talking to to the fans and I'm, you know, try to make some time but this guy was talking and talking I'm like I gotta pee and finally I just said uh hey man I gotta gotta piss and this guy just looked at me and goes "All right, dude kill it is that really the right does that signal the end of that term of that phrase kill it am I really gonna kill it peeing am I gonna nail it am I gonna do it out of the box (laughs) I might have done that a little anyways Jeff Tate funny dude Ohio dude His most recent comedy album, again, is now available. You can check out his tour dates at justanotherclown.com. And this is my friend and me, my friend Jeff Tate, chatting like a couple of comics. Where the fuck did I... I met you the first time
3: at Go Bananas, right? Yeah. The next time I was there when you were there was the weekend... uh, I, f- I found out my separation was a divorce. That's right. You're a sad sack guy. Yeah. We were driving around. Yeah.
0: You're For in a trouble. While. <laughs> you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. And that was when that was when I uh, so you
3: I see I didn't even remember that first one that you were there. Yeah. Well the first one the first one was a very uh like the, the first one was interesting because it was like the first moment where I thought I could be a comedian. Yeah. Cause I did you Know you're Mark Marin, so yeah. I did. I had my guest set, my seven minutes, yeah, and I front loaded it with all whatever political, social commentary jokes I had at the time, <laughs> yeah. And then I just started talking about my wife and her parents and stuff. Yeah. And my brother was in the back, and he said that that was when you came out of the green room, yeah. So it's like, I was like, I tried to do all this, uh, the Mark Marin influenced material, yeah. yeah, and then I just started talking about my own dumb life, and and then. And then so I, I get off stage and you're back in the green room. And then when you get introduced after the feature, you walk by me and in the room you just go, good show, man. And I was like, holy shit, I might be able to be a comedian. <laughs> oh, I hope I didn't mislead you, Jeff. <laughs> well, I mean, those guys, I
0: did certainly the that shit about the fucking wife and stuff, that was gonna that was gonna hit home. Yeah, I remember you like you were in it, you're like, it was really happening. Yeah. Yeah. But then when I go back, that's when we went to the creation museum and created that classic WTF. Me, you, and Ryan,
3: yeah, and some girl, right? Yeah, it was that girl that uh, Ryan was saying from Baltimore.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, oh yeah, Megan, I think. Yeah, she was nice. Yeah, yeah, she was smart and nice, and I couldn't understand it. Yeah, <laughs> like the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was a, that was a great day, but you were you were feeling bad. So so that means you started doing comedy in when two thousand three, maybe
3: early two thousand three, and, and you grew up in Ohio. Sort of. I mean, I moved there when I was 12. I moved there in 1991. What was in Philadelphia? Uh, my ex-wife's parents. And uh, I started, so I started comedy. And then at the end of, two, at the very beginning of 2004, I think, something happened. Like her mom was, her mom took a health turn. Yeah. And so she wanted to go out there and be near them. So yeah. we, just, we just moved out there and lived there for a year and a half. Uh, oh. Her mom got better. We moved back to Cincinnati. And everything fell apart i met you then we moved then we had to move back to philadelphia for a little while because she was working for her dad and then we moved to la and then we split and then i then i saw you again that's right it was a, now
0: it's sort of coming back together the
3: disastrous la run yeah oh
0: man all right so wait yeah. so let's let's walk through it so because ohio to me is a very bizarre place but you did you you moved there when you were 12 from where
3: Southern Illinois yeah. was the place I lived right before then. Yeah. I was born in Englewood. Yeah, uh, right out here. Yeah, out here in that hospital that became a soundstage. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> like someone told me, it's where like I was born in the hospital that Scrubs was filmed in. Oh, really?
0: It's that house? Is that the one where they do think cho- so. uh, children's hospital? I think
3: so. Yeah, that's. I think so. I, uh-huh. I'm not positive. This is right.
0: secondhand. Now I get like Add added add it to it. The, uh, the 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 <laughs> Jeff Tate mythology. Yeah, that's what happened. It's yeah. now a soundstage <laughs> where you were born.
3: <laughs> And then we lived uh, we lived around Southern California uh, until I was like five. Yeah. Then we moved to up near Modesto, a place called Turlock. Why? What was going on? My what dad's kind? a minister. Get the fuck. Yeah. <laughs> what kind? All of them. Uh, when I was born, it was Church of Christ, like the no music Church of Christ, the very fundamentalist Church uh-huh. of Christ. Then we switched to the Christian church. Which sounds generic, right? But that is a specific version of Christianity. Just Christian, yeah. But a Christian church, yeah. It's, but it's it's their their bylaws and their dogma yeah. is different from other like Church of God and Assemblies of God. Yeah. So we were in the ch- uh, the Christian church for a while. Then we when we moved to uh, Cincinnati, yeah, uh, we we started going to a church that was more non denominational. Like Unitarian? No, it was still uh, still Christian-y? It was like non-denominational Pentecostal. Like there was like speaking in tongues and stuff, very weird. But it was vague. It's still Jesus still oriented. A little vague, yeah, yeah. It's still very not affiliated. Yeah, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, it was like a one-off. Yeah, like yeah. a mom and pop.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if I th- I find out the more I find out about that, the ministers and getting into the ministry and being a preacher, it's it was all kind of mom and pop. now you de- yeah. like. Like, he,
3: was he... You don't have to be ordained, right? Can't you just... No, that's the interesting thing about being a minister. And yeah. that's, like... That's one of the things that has fucked me up. Uh, was because my parents didn't believe in, like, psychiatrists and stuff. And therapists. Right. right. And that's a weird uh, blind spot in religion. Yeah. Is mental health. Right. Because they have the uh, faith and the Jesus and the God. Sure. So well, when if you're... a
0: Christian scientist, they don't let you get s-
3: surgery. Yeah, yeah. You can't have... You can't go to a doctor. Yeah. So they... Uh, uh, if they, but my parents thought those people were crazy. Right. Like if you f- fucked yourself up, you went to a doctor. Sure. But when I would have, I would start having panic attacks when I was 11. Really? Yeah. The earthquake in San Francisco, uh, broke me. I had like weird survivor's guilt. Uh huh. Uh, we lived in Olympia, Washington at the time, but I saw it happen on television. I yeah. was watching the baseball game. Yeah. And I just saw like, that was it. Like once that happened and my parents were fascinated by it cause they were there, my mom's from, uh the bay area some, yeah. Uh, pacifica yeah and they met in berkeley in like 72 my really? parents did yeah were they were they uh they were like the only squares in berkeley in 72 oh. <laughs> my mom went to UC berkeley from 64 to 67 and doesn't know any of the cool stuff none <laughs> none she, she just missed it she remembers uh she remembers there being a bus that would park on the quad and it would make her have to like walk around it yeah to get to class and she would just be like why don't these people just go to class but it was like was it that was kesey's bus it was pranksters (laughs) yeah it was was the the merry pranksters yeah oh she just missed bypassed it yeah she's walking by like who are these idiots they're like oh that's
0: everybody oh you were so close to having an interesting (laughs) childhood (laughs) in a in a a fun way yeah maybe i don't know hippies can go bad too but i would have had a less interesting adulthood right I feel like. I don't know. Hippies fucked up their kids in a whole different way. They, you know, the Jesus discipline, whatever the hell you grew up in, you know, the no discipline fucking weed in the house thing, that doesn't always pan
3: out either. No, no, no. I had a, there's a very real chance I could have turned into uh, Alex P. Keaton, the guy from Family Ties, Michael J. Fox, right, sure. where his parents were yeah. hippie liberalism. Yeah. And...
0: So wait, so you're growing up with a preacher that uh, just shifts denominations, uh, you know, with the
3: market, I guess. Yeah. Was that really it? I suppose. I mean, there's a, uh, there's a couple of like family jokes between me and my brother because we would hear the just same two of you, yeah, yeah we would hear the same sermons when we would switch towns, oh, yeah, so it was almost like uh my dad wrote 75 sermons and got tired of writing new stuff right so he would it's just switch towns, yeah,
0: yeah oh so re- oh so really he he just didn't he couldn't keep up couldn't keep topical yeah why, and, why would you <laughs> Why do, would you do about a year at one place and then just <laughs> yeah. fucking bolt? So what was the goal though? Like were you growing up like this? was he trying to amass a
3: flock? I mean how did it work? Was he a funny guy? No. He had those uh no. It wasn't funny. The things he did that were funny uh, were only funny to me and my brother. Right. They weren't even funny to him. Not on purpose. No, never.
0: Unintentional funny.
3: Like, every time he pulled his goddamn pitch pipe out of his pocket to start to lead worship, that would just make us giggle. (laughs) Yeah, it was just so dumb. But so did you grow up, you had to go watch him in
0: church? Did Did he have his own church? How does it work?
3: All the uh, yeah, we had to go all the time. It was easier for me to skip school than it was to skip church. Uh huh. I would have to be like on my deathbed sick to not go to church. So, it was kind of a looking back. It was very bad. Yeah, a lot of church. But what? But like when you
0: go to another town or you'd move, what? How does it work? Is there a pre-existing church? Or do you have to rent a church? Do, I don't understand the. Oh the, no, there's a pre-existing like uh-huh. the churches would.
3: Uh, oh, they hire you. Yeah, you get, you get hired. Give me your resume. Yeah, it was basically like uh like these jobs are so very similar. Yeah. The jobs that uh that, the we job do? that let me say the job that I have and the job that he had. Yeah. Because uh neither one of us were ever really successful at it. <laughs> yeah. Uh I can't compare him to you because right. you became I, I,
0: successful. I ended up in a garage though. Yeah, but you're you know, still successful. Working from home. It's yeah. hard to do hard to be a preacher from the house. <laughs> well, not really, I guess with a microphone, but you can't have people over.
3: Yeah, you can yeah. have your own uh your A.M., Uh, talk hour sure for that it was uh so he was a failure as a minister i don't know i mean i don't believe in god (laughs) anymore and this is the first time i've publicly said that really (laughs) yeah i i wrestle with it all the time in my head because i i what saying it or believing uh believing and i try to fight uh because it's it's comfortable yeah it's comfortable to say i believe in it but i don't I don't. Yeah, and it's a there's so there's this you don't use it. Yeah, I don't use it because it's like the God that they describe is such an asshole. Mm-hmm. Like why? Mm-hmm. Why do I have to have that? Well, what What was the pressure like when
0: you were growing up? And you go to these different churches, and what you have to show up in your suit and be the the preacher's kid on Sundays? And
3: oh yeah, holy shit, man the uh, the most trouble I could get into was if I made him look bad. Right. And he would, and it didn't matter what it was. Yeah. It was just like an eight year old being eight with a bunch of other eight year olds. Yeah. He would lose his fucking mind on me. Really? Yeah. Cause you, like, you embarrassed him. Yeah. Jeez. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't representing him or whatever. And Jesus. Yeah, I guess. But what about these other kids? Like, yeah. it didn't, it didn't matter. It was all, it was all perception based. And,
0: well, you give, did they make you believe in hell?
3: Yeah. 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 I was terrified of it until, uh, I read something on my own. Yeah. Right. And then when you realize, uh, there's an interesting thing about the Bible. It never says people go to hell. Right. The version of hell that everyone believes in is from that book by Dante. Yeah. Right. Right. It's not the inferno. Yeah. Really? Yeah. There's no, there's a, there's a lake of fire or whatever, the where the angels that turned yeah. with lucifer yeah where they go right it says that people who die who are unbelievers are just separated from god which is also a very uh logical uh like proof of reincarnation yeah like why wouldn't this be where you had to come sure if you fucked up the last one right but yeah. no hell but no hell like there's no hell in the there's no hell in the bible even like but, but,
0: but when you were growing up did you have to pray every night and now yeah that?
3: really yeah yeah every night every meal uh all the time uh it was very oh boy it was not i'm starting to get a little panicky just think about it <laughs> is that what well, was that what your panic attacks were about that the earthquake and god no i just got i was just so sort of i suppose it was the fear of uh like it instills an unbelievable fear of dying. Yeah, because it's such a fucking crapshoot. Right. Of anything. Right. Oh, if you don't, if you do anything wrong and then die, you'll go to hell. Right. Right. Then, right. Then you see. Plus, it was just you know I was like a sensitive kid, I guess. Yeah. And, uh, just watching those, watching all those people die on television, and then every night at six o'clock, it would be on the news for another month or two. Right. And they would watch it every night and we only you know, we had one TV. Yeah. And it just it was just that same footage over and over. Like there yeah. there is catastrophe. Yeah, man. There's like three things that pop into my head very regularly that I have to kind of push out. And it's the the top level of that two story bridge. Yeah. The draw bridge. Yeah. Uh the Challenger explosion, which I also saw live. Uh and Dave Draveki's arm breaking. Oh. Uh, That baseball player, yeah, yeah, that. yeah I, like those pop up in a loop, indelible. Yeah,
0: yeah, I, I remember what there was a period in uh, pop culture history where people would trade these horrible videos of shit, bad shit. And oh there, yeah, and there's a couple of them that took years to get the fuck out of my head. I saw, I think I saw one of those. The guy uh, shooting himself. People would put together those videos. Everyone got it. It was in a batch of whatever bullshit the freak who made it would give you. Like yeah, it was who gave a, you yours. I don't know, man. It was going around. It had a collection of just horrible shit, like I got some mine. dead kid being pulled out of a pool. It was just
3: like fucking an assault of morbidity, and I don't know I what. Don't, the. <laughs> now it sounds. It is. It was horrible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I got mine from Jim Short. Oh really? <laughs> yeah.
0: The what? comic. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. I, I, I might have gotten some source to like because I met Short in San Francisco back when that shit was happening. Patton Oswald was in the loop. There was just this <laughs> oh, just man. dark shit around. You know, there's weird magazines and just dark shit. There was those Faces of Death videos. That, yeah, but those those were well, those were bad. Yeah. Right? That, but, and I don't even remember if I watched one. I had one, but these, these were just bootleg videos of, like,
3: fucking morbid shit. Yeah, that felt... The bootleg ones felt worse. Well, the Faces of Death was always something that was being filmed. Yeah, right. And this felt like you were, like, sneaking and, yeah, like, the, peeking through a window. Yeah, where the fuck they get this shit? Know, oh, it was... Who knows?
0: All right, so now you're a panicky kid. You got a dad who's a minister. The world is ending, and you're starting to freak
3: out. And you they don't they don't help you. Oh, that was the other thing was the uh, the rapture and the apocalypse and all that shit. Like, was that real to you? Uh, yeah, it was. A, but it was a constant. Uh, it was like a countdown that you couldn't see, where at any moment, and they would say that you would hear the trumpets blast. Yeah. From the heavens, and yeah. then all the good people would ascend just, yeah, to heaven, bolt into the air, and so it was like it was weirdly a uh, like if I would hear music yeah with horns in it yeah it just out of nowhere yeah it would startle me this like I it. would jump yeah 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 and it would turn out to be like Sam Cook or something from a car at the stoplight. <laughs>
0: <laughs> was your dad that kind of preacher?
3: Uh, yeah, he became he became more of that as he kept. Moving along in the religion, like that was more when we were in the Assemblies of God and the Church of God. What is that one?
0: What's the Assemblies of God?
3: Assemblies of God is very uh, Pentecostal, speaking in tongues, Holy Roller. Did he uh, speak in tongues? Yeah, really. And and my mom did too. My mom admits now. My this is my mom admits that she was peer pressured into faking it. Yeah, and my dad uh, won't admit that he ever did it my dad is just like, I never did that. Never spoke in tongues. Yeah. like, I remember, I remember you doing it. It's like gibberish, right? Yeah. It's It's all Shabalas and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: like, yeah, 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 yeah. And it all sounds the same. Yeah. And now like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. It's very easy to uh, mimic. (laughs) (laughs) There's a style. You're going to speak in tongues, like someone speaking through you. Make sure it sounds like uh, everyone else who does it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) My, uh, my, my youth pastor, when I was 17, uh, his advice for me to speak in tongues yeah. was to just fake it until it became real. So and it's
0: it's just a, a weird sort of uh, uh, ch- uh, it's not really speaking in tongues. It's just a like a device that you know was I relieving. Suppose, yeah, <laughs> I don't <laughs> even know <laughs> if it's <laughs> relieving. <laughs> what is it? What is it? What's supposed to be happening when that happens?
3: Uh, the Holy Spirit has uh, taken over your body. Yeah and now you're speaking in the the language of the Holy Spirit and the language of the Lord. Which is gibberish. Apparently, yeah. Yeah, it just sounds... (laughs) It's just symbolic. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You got to warn me if you're going to do that again. It gets... I get a little panicky again. Like, every time you do it, I try to hide my (laughs) (laughs) cigarettes. That's
0: it, huh? I'm doing it. Yeah, I'm doing it. That's all it takes. It's a trick. So he became more fire and brimstone when he realized that's the way you close the show.
3: Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. a good closer. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Scare the shit out of people. Was he scary? Uh, probably more so to me. Yeah. Than uh, the people in the church. But the he, wasn't, people- he wasn't a whack job minister. I don't know, man. How, like- no, but I mean like he wasn't like you'd see him on the fucking pulpit and you were like, that, well, was that monster?
3: Yeah, no, you wouldn't do that. No, oh, that's good. He was... Uh, He's. It's. I don't even know how to describe this. Like, I'm for sure not going to tell my parents I was on on the yeah, show. You're right. Uh, my mom is much more Christian than my dad. Right. Uh, my dad seems like one of those guys who was like, "Well, this is this this will work. Right. I could do this. <laughs> I need an angle. I need yeah. a hustle. <laughs> and then we just kept moving. And also, there's like, my dad's my dad's parents weren't good parents. His dad was a real dickhead yeah and and was like very resentful towards my dad right and so my dad grew up with like nobody really like giving a shit about him right so someone had to so it turned into so he did it yeah that's interesting and now it has turned into like I'm like I've been God. reading a bunch of books right. and his it really seems like he's just got like that narcissistic personality disorder. Oh really? Yeah. yeah, and that's one of the things that explains the 15 or 16 months in each town cuz that's about how long a group of people can take a narcissist. Yeah. Oh, that's
0: interesting. My dad did that too. Like yeah. when he was moving from town to town working as a doctor. So it's narcissistic. It's not really a depressive cycle. Like your dad never got depressed?
3: No, well, it's narcissism is a reaction to depression and loneliness mm-hmm. and uh of a, a lack of self-worth and self-esteem so uh that's why that's why any like i don't know if you're i don't know if your dad does it, i i think so from yeah. listening to the show and watching right you know, watching the show but my dad can't take criticism at all right like it doesn't matter how big or small the fuck up is yeah. it's always someone else's fault oh yeah because as soon as he admits that he that he did something wrong the whole thing starts to fall apart right the whole house of cards well, of well i think
0: that my dad eventually couldn't help but take criticism and then then it
3: did fall apart inside. well yeah well my dad is not he's not, he's not still in? fighting it yeah is he still a minister he's too old now he uh teaches a class sometimes like a sunday school class right just a couple but he stuck other. with it for the whole run of his life the whole run the, he stuck with it the whole run of my life yeah like i i still find out about jobs and stuff he had that i had no idea oh really yeah, minister a, jobs no he was a. it was like a bailiff for a while oh you mean after you grew up no before before i was born before he met my mom like he didn't go into the ministry until he was 32 yeah and so before that he like he worked on the railroad. Yeah. He was a teacher, he was a bartender, he was a bailiff. He told me a funny he told me a story that was accidentally hilarious. Yeah. Where he also he worked for a while at a furniture store where he was in charge of uh giving people credit yeah. for the furniture, yeah. but this was in like 1961 so there weren't computers and stuff. Right. So I was like how would you decide whether or not you could give somebody credit and he was like "There is was a list of questions we could ask like the first one was uh what does your husband do for a living and the second one and i was like hang on the first one like you don't even realize how absurd and hilarious that sentence is that the that what that means is that they train the credit guy at the furniture store they are gonna be like okay the wife is gonna come in yeah and do pick out the furniture so you have to find out what her husband does for a living and it just never he just never thought about it again how as That sentence is.
0: <laughs> "What?" It's probably timely.
3: Yeah, but it's still like he just in forty years or whatever. He never went back and thought about it. Like <laughs> that's probably not. So, so what happened? So you grew up in
0: Illinois, and then you, you like you went. What did what'd you do in in high school? Were you a fuck up? But well, it doesn't sound like it. Sounds like you get along with your parents. All right,
3: I get along with them okay. Yeah. Like now that I understand, uh, my dad's uh brain chemistry a little bit. Yeah, it's like. You're either you're either there to feed his ego or you're a threat. Right. And so it's That's interesting. I'm much more of a threat to him than my brother, and that's why I always got the brunt of everything. Where'd you fucking
0: pick that up? That's pretty good. That that because of that's a narcissism thing? Yeah. You either
3: feed their ego or you're a threat. Yeah. Interesting. It's what why? book is this? This the this book was called The Narcissist Next Door. Hmm. And it's very fascinating, and it seems it's one of those like Gladwell books where it seems like it's going to be super boring, but the guy is such a good writer. And also, but if you if it, you're like sitting there going like that's my dad, it, yeah. it has a little more relevance. I recommend it to read right now because the first two chapters are about Donald Trump, and the book was written like six years ago. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. The narcissist next door. Yeah. Now I'm going to look, but I like that. It's you're
0: either a threat
3: or you feed his ego. There's a lot of people we come across in uh, our business where that's completely true. Sure. Like, have you ever done radio and had a bad experience? Oh yeah. Then that was like some. Usually, that's because you were a threat. Well, that personality, the the yeah.
0: the, the local, the regional, sh- you know, shock jock, with the most market shares. Those are always megalomaniacal, mar- narcissistic dudes. Yeah. It's yeah a, yeah It's i mean I, i'm I'm generalizing and i'm I don't want to offend any of the, some of those guys are good radio guys but that's true if they feel like you're a threat right away you're gonna it's gonna be shitty they're gonna fucking undermine you that's interesting so
3: you're running around with your minister dad and then you level off do you go to college what do you do I tried college a couple of times yeah I believe I could I believe I have enough credits to almost be a sophomore yeah like I, I did like always two that option well. Jeff you can always just <laughs> pick it back up. Time to go back. I don't know. I don't know what I was doing because I was I was majoring in journalism in 2002. Yeah, and I quit college because I started doing open mics and was like, I just want to do that. So I was like, I took I, I left one dying industry <laughs> into and a- jumped into another one. Come on, the comedy's thriving. It is now. Yeah, but in 2003 was when it was still like death rattling its way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, where'd you start? Cincinnati. I started at Oh, that was your home club. Yeah. That's a good club though. Yeah, it was a great place to start. There was like 12 comics total yeah. when what, I started. What compelled
0: you, man? What, what, who were your guys? I mean, what you why would you gonna do comedy? This part
3: is going to be dumb. No. This part. No, it, one probably. of them's you. Oh, thank you. Uh, my brother You actually I, knew me in 2002? I knew you in 1994. 1993. Holy. What? From Conan? From uh, Short Attention Span Theater. Get the fuck out of here. Me and my brother would get home from school and why it was on like it might have even like right when it became Comedy Central or maybe when it was still the Comedy Channel. No, it was Comedy Central. We we would watch that. Like I think Dennis Regan hosted it for a while. Yeah, and then, the, Joe then there was Bolser you and Mark S. Allen, like that weird DJ guy from. Mm, Sacramento. Now I feel bad because I just remember Dennis Regan and you. Yeah, but we would watch we would watch you on that show, and we would watch we would see. Uh, Kite like, did you do the A list? Yeah,
0: I saw that. I did it, I, it was me and Amazing Jonathan. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Holy and they shit. And they used to put the headliner first. And then you'd wait, and, they, and it was like he had done, you know, I, I remember it because the guy comes backstage, he's like, we're going to get you right up as soon as we clean up the blood. Because he used to close with cutting his arm off. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> 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 and it, well, I think it was, who was hosting it? Richard Lewis, I think, was hosting it when he was a drunkie.
3: Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh,
0: so you knew who I was. I read. I resonated with you because we both have narcissistic dads.
3: Yeah, I guess. I mean, I was. I. I, I didn't know why you resonated with I me, know. but I like the. Uh, I liked. I liked your style, man. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when this show started. I got a text from my friend Dave, and he was like, "Man's got a podcast," so started listening to it right away. And there was all these times where it was like, "Well, I met you, and it didn't go well, and whatever." And I would just listen and be like, "Man, if I ever get to do that show." I can say it has always gone well. <laughs> it's from the moment. Me and Singer joke that we're like penance. Yeah. Somehow you're paying everyone back. By by you guys? Yeah. <laughs> when did you start boozing? Well, I started, I drank, I drank heavily until I was like 22. And then maybe 23. And then I quit. I quit when I started doing, I quit when Mitch died. Did you work with Mitch? No, I never met him or anything. I just, when he died, I was like, oh, I really want to be a comic. And if I if I just let all this, if I just keep feeding my addictions, then I'll die. Right. Because I know how I am with drugs Th- that, and alcohol. That, that, that catastrophic thinking working in your favor. Yeah. Yeah. And then I started again when I got divorced. And I quit again on September 21st of last year. I got, uh, today's April 21st. Yeah. Uh, October, November, December, January, 3rd, seven months. Really, that's fucking good. Yeah.
0: Well, so when you're when you're at the club in in Ohio, and you're just like you know, kind of you know, you got a home club. Were you on shows with people? Did you meet everybody? I mean, because you're friends with Stanhope too now, right? Yeah, yeah. That thing. Uh, like, they, who were the guys that you were watching? How were
3: you learning? I was learning from, uh, like, Eddie Gosling was a guy that I saw sure. come through the club, and I just couldn't believe how fucking hilarious he was. When he was fat? or, be, or, or Just after. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I
0: worked with him. He middled for me in, in Texas when he was big. Yeah? So I th- I think I've told this story on the fucking show before. Where he's driving me around. We're going out to get barbecue, and he has this little, like, Toyota truck. <laughs> and every time we'd turn, it, it, the horn would honk. <laughs> And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with your car? Why does the horn keep honking? He goes, my fat. <laughs> so he just it had it. Pressing a... it up against it. it was pressing up against he the did, wheel. He
3: had a car that didn't fit. Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> I think if my car stopped fitting, I've bought new jeans before because right. of my weight fluctuations. Yeah. But if my car stopped fitting, yeah, do I'd something. probably really start so he, to work on it. But he looks good. He lost all that weight. So you saw him and he just killed? Yeah, I, I would. Uh, is one of the. Ha- uh, i've probably only fallen out of my chair laughing twice yeah and one of them was him oh man i learned i learned about being being trying to be myself on stage right from you and Stanhope. right and the idea well also you t- when i got divorced i think like that weekend singer was singer had that girl in town so there was some element of uh he was too busy to take care of me so yeah, it was yeah. like and he was and he uh and he was busy with her so yeah. that you were just trapped so he like kind of matched us up yeah and you talked me out of buying an el camino which was probably good <laughs> and uh you made me do you made me do a guest set on sun, on that sunday night the day you got divorced like 3 days later and i was like i just don't none, none of this works like nothing's good anymore right and you go, just do like 10 minutes. And I go, I'm, j- I'm going to fucking bomb. And then you said, do you think I care if it goes well? <laughs> I just want you to know you can get back up there. God damn And it me. was very... Uh, I'm not a bad guy. No. <laughs> no, it was very helpful. Uh, did it go well? No. <laughs> but it
0: it proved to me that I could still walk up there. Right. It's horrible when you when you got the
3: fear or you're all broken. Yeah. It's the worst. We got married in 2006. And split up in 2010. So we, we were together from when I was 22 to 32. Right. And we separated on my birthday. Nice. My 32nd birthday. Uh huh. <laughs> and what
0: was, it, what, what was the problem? I mean, did she have higher expectations
3: out of you? Well, I'm going to say uh, right now, after going to like seeing a therapist every week for the last uh, 15, 16 months since last January. Right now. Right now, yeah, since last January. I see I see this lady every week. Uh if I'm on the road, we talk on the phone, she'll really? do phoners, uh and I actually usually usually see her twice a week. So this is a new thing for you. Yeah, well I don't wanna be like I was. Like a so, fucking disaster. And she's here in LA? <laughs> no, my therapist is in Cincinnati. Are you still living there? I still technically live in Cincinnati. I'm in L.A. way more than I'm in Cincinnati. Yeah. But this is like, I have an emotional, it was all that panic attack stuff. And it stems from that. Like, after six or seven months of having panic attacks all the time, my parents finally decided to take me to a therapist. But we're religious, so they didn't go to, like, a doctor one. They went to another minister. Right. And the thing about ministers is you don't have to be ordained. Right. The jobs are so similar between... Our job and yeah, their job, right. where it's just you could just decide to be a minister. Right. And then if people believe you, you're then good. you're a minister. Right. And that's it. Like you don't have to go to college or anything. You could so, take a class, but why would you? Yeah. So what was the psychiatric experience? Uh, the first one was nothing. My dad came with me into the room, which is not how therapy is done. It's yeah. supposed to be a safe space. Right. Where you don't. Do you think he was the main problem? Yeah. Yeah. I do. Well, it was... it was Because I got... So, the main problem really was... So, I say to this guy what the problem is, which was that I just... I see all these people die in my head. Like, we watch it on TV all the time. So, now it's just in my head, and I just can't handle all of this. And... But I kind of... I probably... Uh, said it in a way where it's like they're they're always watching this, and the, so the next thing that I hear is not from him. My dad just my dad just kind of gruffly goes, "Oh, so it's all my fault." Yeah, it's like that that right there is the problem. Right, is no, it's not your fucking fault, dude. You're watching the news. You didn't make that happen. Why the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Why? Yeah. Why can't I have a feeling? Yeah. Why am Why and so like learning about this, like yeah. my myself, my mom, and my brother are just. We were sort of raised to be unbelievably codependent on him for our emotions. Interesting. And so getting around that, that's why he, like, so uh, he, he, we have our times now where it's very volatile because I now am trying to establish emotional boundaries with him. Yeah. And man, that's a threat. When I just don't cave, yeah, it's it's It's
0: like it's all this like this helping me because I don't know that I ever quite framed it like that. That like you know, fortunately for me, you know, my dad is scared of me now. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, yeah, but you know, took a TV show and a book and success because they ultimately when they're like this, they only see you as sort of this weird kind of annoying extension of them that they need to behave a certain way, and 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 when you don't. You know it's 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 like part of themselves is rebelling it's a weird fucking thing
3: yeah it's so and (laughs) and
0: you know like they don't want you to succeed they don't want you to have your own life they don't want you to have your own personality really because that's all a threat to them yeah it's fucked up i never really thought about it
3: that way it's either a threat or you feed their ego and that's that he's sort of he but he still thinks i'm a kid like he still wants he still treats me like i'm 14 but undermines you right yeah 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 completely And so I just don't like when he's mad about something. I don't hang up. Yeah, I just let it. Like this is about you. This is not about me. Yeah, I I don't. I just don't even like. I I just don't even take the call. Well, I try to. Like I still kind. I still technically live in Cincinnati because I'm trying to help my mom. Like my dad's back is so fucked up that he can't really. They're together though. Yeah, they're together. Oh, so you got to deal with them. Yeah, I got to deal with them. Uh, My dad. He can't really move around. Uh, very much so he needs help yeah but he's the guy that doesn't uh ever want help like not that he doesn't want help he wants like he doesn't care if you'll do everything for him he just doesn't want to he doesn't want you to know that he needs it yeah because that's now now he's vulnerable right interesting like just be old man stop trying to fight it <laughs> just you're Give 76 it. what the fu- like let it
0: go who are you fooling I know, dude. They're stubborn. So this is interesting, though. So you, you actually, you hit the wall, like what? Just before before you got sober and you're like, I got to get my shit together. What was the cathartic moment that made you decide to go to
3: therapy? It was, uh, it was another breakup where this time I found out she'd been, uh, like, she's, like, together with, like, she's already married to the guy she kept secret from me for a year the entire last year we were What's together she worst. was she was friends with this dude that I did not know about never heard his fucking name and I would just work the road and stuff and
0: she was just stringing you along she was having a thing with him
3: I guess yeah I have no idea right. it really it really uh That's broke me up and I kind of had to hit that point where I was like I just had to hit the like I had to shatter yeah just completely and I figured out and so it kind of goes back to my marriage is i was i was absolutely a better husband than my dad was right but that doesn't mean i was good at it yeah that doesn't mean i was a good husband what I was happened still, when you two went to la uh we just ran out of money yeah. like i couldn't i was co- like i've seek out relationships that feel normal yeah to me whether they're good or not right. and so she would kind of my wife would kind of treat me the way my dad would right my last girlfriend would kind of treat me the way my dad would right and it just felt normal. Yeah. Uh, but not good. Not good. No. Yeah. I just relate. comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. Comfortable, but it, only familiar. It's not comfortable. Yeah, familiar. Yeah. Right. Right. It's like when, you, it's like when you're like, ah, oh, I don't want to be on the road. Like, I always want to go home when right. I'm on the road. Yeah. But that fucking bed at the Hampton Inn is way better than my bed. Yeah. so what is this shit in my head that's like I just want to sleep in my own bed yeah. my bed is garbage compared to some of these hotel beds I yeah get. I took a total flip on that I'm so thrilled to fucking get into a hotel room <laughs> I'm like I don't gotta do shit in here yeah I try to keep my stuff neat so that uh, I'm not I learned a lot of this from the girl that tours with me she's ahead of me in therapy and stuff she's helped me with emotional boundaries and stuff she's very supportive uh, her name is Emma Arnold yeah And she's a hilarious comedian, but also like just very emotionally smart. Her EQ is very high. Yeah. So it's very helpful. Like when I'm on the phone with my dad and she's around, she can hear me not maintaining my boundaries. And so then when I'll like, when I'll hang up, she'll be like, you let him get to you. Yeah. Like this fucking guy just gets to me. she's like, no, you don't have to let him. You don't have to like, you decide whether he gets to you. It's hard. Yeah, it is hard, but it's nice to have somebody around who, uh, knows who can help and be supportive and she's very she's very supportive and helpful with that and i just was emotionally closed off i couldn't handle the guilt and the fear of hell and earthquakes and all that stuff so i didn't know what to do there was no real help in in church or i didn't even know about like real therapists yeah like i think popular culture and the views on things are very fucking uh, harmful, like I'm not breaking any ground, but yeah, the idea of going to a therapist and all that stuff about getting getting in touch with your emotions in the 80s—they called it your feminine side. Yeah, it's like that's garbage. Like that 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 pushes people away from
0: it. Well, I think the weird thing is, like, and I didn't know this about you because I don't know you that well. Is that like ultimately what happens when you grow up like this? Is that you're sort of denied uh, a, a, a sort of comfortable sense of self. So you have yeah. this weird fluctuating thing that you know kind of needs to latch on to charismatic people or people that are familiar because of your triggers and shit, and you don't have any ability to maintain boundaries, and you don't you you can't really fall back on anything. You're just falling. Yeah.
3: <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah. are trust falling into nobody. Right. Exactly. You know, and it's just sort of like why well, I always can just go and like oh be sad. Yeah, yeah. And if I would trust fall and a girl would just like like in this metaphor, if a girl was walking by, I would just like. Hey, you're falling. I'm yeah. like, all right, let's get married. Yeah, exactly. You you're know, the you only like one me. that caught
0: me. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. I I mean, I definitely relate to that because it's easier, and you know, you, you your self-esteem is uh, in a place where you like you're not going to get it from yourself. No, it's based entirely on uh, oh, on how other people feel about me. Uh, this is sort of like yeah, it's kind of mind blowing because I, I don't know if I've looked at it. I've done the homework around you know, my my father's situation because my dad was volatile. So, like, I, the one thing I got from him in that falling thing is I was always angrily falling. Yeah. Like, I, I choose anger
3: over sadness 90% of the time. Me, too. I did that, too. Like, anger was my go-to emotion. Right. Because, that first of all, that's the only emotion I ever really saw in my dad show. Right. Uh, so, I learned how to express that one. And that meant that every emotion I had would be expressed through anger right right it would start at anger and then work its way down to oh no you know what i'm just lonely or hungry right or sure yeah tired or whatever just all this garbage because i did not know how to process my own emotions or identify them because to stop feeling guilty i started to just not have those like i tried to not have that guilty emotion yeah But you can't pick and choose. It was just all of them. I just kind of boxed them all up. Shit. So, are you doing the recovery thing too? What do you mean? Are you going to meetings? Every now and then I go. I don't. uh, There's uh, like I really enjoy the let's say camaraderie of it of being like okay I'm not the only one that's doing this, but I also don't uh, feel like like I know how I drink and I'm not a straight up alcoholic. I'm a binge alcoholic. Yeah. Like it's I don't. Wake up like, oh, I need a drink. I just know that if I have one, yeah. there's a chance I'll have 40. Yeah, it's going to go on a while. Yeah, and yeah. I could still, you know, I it took a long time in my life to reach a place where it's like, yeah, I would love to be a guy that could have a glass of wine at dinner yeah. or two yeah. and have that and just know that that could be it. Yeah. And, you know four times four out of five times it is that is all it is but that other time <laughs> it just goes off the rails and then it's <laughs> yeah. 9 a.m and i'm still drinking smoking cigarettes in my brother's kitchen yeah he doesn't even smoke but i'm just so drunk yeah he like he came down on new your older year's brother eve, younger uh-huh he's way more together than me yeah <laughs> but he's he bought a house and uh he comes down on new year's eve two years ago that was the day i found out uh about the other dude like this is yeah. like a week or two after we broke up but New Year's Eve, I found out about the other dude. Big days for you finding out bad shit. Yeah, yeah, it's easy to remember, thank God. So whenever I get around (laughs) to writing a book, I don't have to ballpark it. Uh, So New Year's Day, he comes down, because he's got to go to work at like 6 in the morning, and it's 5.30 in the morning, and there are 14 bottles of beer empty in front of me. And he comes down, and he he just goes, oh, this guy's back. And I was like, oh, God damn it, is that what I do? Like, And that was the moment I was like, I got to go see a doctor, like-
0: <laughs> this guy's back.
3: Yeah, cuz he had dealt with that for 2 years or 3 years after the divorce and then I started getting better and I started seeing this other girl and I stopped being such a mess. Yeah. And then the minute it happened, it was like I suddenly it, it stopped being chaos and it started being a pattern. Yeah. Yeah, right, right, right. Whereas like that was the first and time. And sometimes only people outside of you can see that shit. Yeah. Yeah. And for when he said, "Oh, this guy's back." Like I don't know if he knows how profound an impact that sentence had on me. You can tell him yeah well i'm sure i have but i don't know like i don't know if it really registered right because also we were raised in a way where we don't have very much like we kind of force ourselves sometimes to have like weird emotional conversations right. just because we never have right right it's weird you not know oh right so you're in it and you're like oh it's too yeah, uncomfortable yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. we just like kind of push right it out yeah yeah like it's it's almost like those weird moments on fraser when he and his brother have like like a real like when they stop talking about coffee yeah yeah
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it uh, just gets
3: awkward yeah yeah we do that and so when he said that i was like i just gotta see a doctor because he's right this guy is back and this guy wasted three or four years being drunk and blaming everyone else and i don't want to do that again but you were doing stand-up through all of it yeah as far as i knew <laughs> right yeah, i was yeah. drunk i was <laughs> i was blackout drunk for some shows i couldn't i was such a mess and i i kind of. Uh, I developed a style on stage that kind of lent itself to that. So, oh, re- yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's a little loose already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, I could have been better. Right. I could be so much better today if I hadn't done that, if I hadn't drank my but way through. I don't it. know
0: if you should think that way.
3: No, I'm not. I'm not. I, I'm saying that I think that way to keep myself from doing it again. Okay. Is because it was easy to waste 32 through 36. Yeah. But I don't want to waste 37 through 40, 41 yeah. or whatever. Because I'm getting to that point. In my career, where like, if if I do kick the bucket, yeah, I am now. I've now been doing this too long, and I'm too old for people to be like, man, he was gonna be something. right? Like like that no, that, that window. Like, what did he,
0: what did he do? What is there to watch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's gonna be like he got the one record. Yeah,
3: he had his shot. How many records you got out? Three. Yeah, this is. I just released my third one. Oh yeah, I feel like I've gotten better over this. Like since I quit drinking, it's just. It's also the longest I've ever tried to do the same set yeah and so it's just getting it's getting tighter and better and uh, more interesting I talk a lot about the uh, religion and stuff yeah and the getting away from it and all the shame they build into I don't know how long these usually go but we haven't even got to the sex part yeah all that religious shame built into sex yeah and all that stuff because I, I never got to take sex ed so it was never well what happened well what, how did it manifest itself Uh, It made me very uh, boring, Uh, to the point where I was bored. Like I thought, I reached a point where I kind of thought sex was boring and chore-like because I didn't know that you could just get real fucking weird with it. Yeah, and as soon as uh, I had a uh, well, what were you taught? I mean, were you just taught to stay away from it, or was just for kids? You you just have kids. That's it. Like what? Yeah, it was. uh, I was taught sex ed from a religious uh, cassette tape series from James Dobson. Uh-huh, and they and never they actually Dobson, talk about the family what was it <laughs> focus on the family focus on the family. I haven't heard that name in a while, yeah, yeah, the focus on the family they never they should there should be like a follow up like a like a secular version that's focused on the clitoris, yeah, yeah, <laughs> where you can actually learn things about sex, <laughs> yeah because <laughs> this one was not about it never once talked about sex. They never told you what it was. They told you when and how to feel about it. And, uh-huh why popular culture presents bad imagery and these things and like the only thing it really tells you about sex is that it's something that you do with your wife once you're married which is there's no there's no information in that sentence right at all yeah none <laughs> it's just, all you did was schedule it so you just had to figure it out yeah and i figured it out from uh just i i don't know i don't think like my my ex-wife was raised very Catholic so I, like she wasn't particularly adventurous so it was yeah. a lot of face to face. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Fucking... Right. Are you good? Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's right. good. See you in a week. <laughs> <laughs> and it and then I had a like I had a weekend last year where I hooked up with somebody and uh she was very uh yeah, liberating. Uh-huh. She was very uh <laughs> let's say progressive <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Turns out, turns out, it's fucking great, and yeah. it can be really weird, yeah, and fun, yeah. Just and learning that, yeah, just learning that, just huh. finally, uh,
0: that's good. Yeah, thirty-seven. It's a good time to learn.
3: Yeah, it's like right on the cusp
0: of. But you're when a it fucking be. comic for a decade or more, and you you listen to all these guys. You've hung out
3: with, yeah. with Stan
0: Hope and Atel probably. I mean, you know, at what point do you like, we <laughs> well, do
3: you think we were all lying? No, I've never met a tell. And uh, Stanhope, the stuff that Stanhope did or, or would talk about Didn't was necessarily so help. weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. those are way too many steps away from where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a fairy tale land, some yeah. weird, uh, yeah. Yeah, like, like. I'm not on a scavenger hunt. Right. (laughs) I'm just trying to figure out. How to have a nice time. Yeah. How to have a nice time. Yeah. So what I'm saying is my dad hit me enough that now I kind of want her to. Yeah. (laughs) Whoever that is. Hit me with something. A remote control is a good size and weight and usually nearby. (laughs) Oh, no. Well, that's all right. As long as you're okay with it. No, it's it's unbelievable. Your dad punched you? Punched you? Every now and then. Yeah. uh, I've been hit with a bunch of things. Oh really? He yeah, was yeah. one of those guys. Whatever was nearby? Whatever was nearby. He had a paddle for a while, like a big piece of wood yeah. with a handle. No shit. Yeah, it was just for hitting. Just for hitting kids. Mostly just for hitting me. My brother can remember uh my brother can remember getting hit with that paddle twice and I can remember getting hit with that paddle more than that on my birthday. <laughs> like on very on like my ninth birthday my 11th like just various times i'll fuck up i i got a lot of, i was confrontational and i grew up to be confrontational again with the dates the memorable dates yeah 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 well it was all uh new year's birthday is not good for you well let's um, let's understand that there's been other breakups and other times i got hit that were yeah. just on random days yeah. and those are gone yeah yeah i don't even remember those right but there was a. Uh, uh my dad was so uh volatile and angry all the time that when he would start yelling at my mom or my brother i would kind of jump in right and it was like this is weird like i cried so hard like six months ago because i saw i caught the end of goodwill hunting yeah and i hadn't seen that since i started to come to terms with some of this other stuff yeah and i also hadn't seen it since robin died right and there's that scene when he's like i would always pick the wrench because fuck him and it was like I never like he never laid it out like which one do you want to get hit with but I understand that like that idea where it's like this isn't even about like he's yelling at him and I'm just like well fuck this guy and I would just get in the way yeah and it it was so uh, like it just really broke me down wow it's <laughs> like, an
0: exciting time for you
3: yeah like I, I you know there I can focus on the fact that it took me this long but I would rather focus on the fact that I figured it out at all yeah. Or that I at least figured out that there's something to figure out. Right. So you're like in this like you're in
0: like this rebirth mode. Yeah. Everything's new. Yeah, yeah. Or it's,
3: everything, yeah, first time. It's very uh very interesting. Yeah. I notice I notice my mistakes. My turnaround time is a lot faster. Like if I do get upset about something. Yeah. Or I fly off the handle, like it happens way less now than it used to. And also I've now like there are times when it'll take me like 10 minutes before i'm like i fucked up like i should not have reacted like that right and i just so desperately i spent so much time trying not to be like my dad that i never that now i'm trying to figure out what that means like what that means for me being myself like just not being like him is not like that's not an identity (laughs) That's right. Uh, yeah, who are you? I'm a reaction to my father. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm the new Domino's Pizza. Remember how they apologized because it used to be garbage? Yeah. I'm that. I'm still not very good, but I'm better than the old one. No, I I can relate to that. And, and
0: and you see because like the the reaction and the wiring is so deep that you know you can identify him in you. Yeah. You know when it happens. You know and and you can see like all their shortcomings and how they fucked up and you can see that shit in you. Yeah. So, like, I guess the only trick is what you're sort of doing. By, by having boundaries, you can have some... You can at least accept him for what he is. Yeah. And and disarm that. And then maybe accept the, the things in you that are like him
3: and try to change them because you can't change that motherfucker, right? No, you can't. And I can't... Uh, and it makes me crazy to try. Like, I don't even...
0: No, I can't, and they'll suck like you into that too. Because they they play those games with you, even like the nurse, Like what I know is that like if they're feeling shitty, they'll fucking drag you right down. Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah. if they feel shitty and you don't, it's a threat. That's oh, that's a really good system.
3: Yeah, yeah. So it's it it's, it lends itself to codependency. Yeah, where I like, never thought about. I love that thing. We were uh, my brother and I would get well. It'd be me, but like we would get in a uh, we would get in trouble. We would get yelled at for goofing around when he was in a bad mood right but the same like like it was so unpredictable because the same behavior an hour before would have gotten no response at all but now he's pissed off about something right so now goofing around is an attack on him Right, we're making fun of him for being angry or whatever when we're still just fucking eight years old, man. (laughs) Like this is sort of mind blowing because, like, so there was no variation in, like, there were no
0: prolonged depressive periods or anything like that from
3: him. Yeah, not that I can tell. No, Uh, not that I can remember. I mean, he'll only recently uh, admit that uh, his back hurting so much is depressing. Right, but that's it. Like he'll be like, "It's just you know, it's been a rough year." So you're like, oh, you think this has just been a year? Right. Your back is hurt for a year. You've been like this as long as I can remember. And you say that to him? Can you make him laugh? No, I'm not going to say that to him. Oh, oh. I can make him laugh, but not, uh, not, it depends on what it is. He tried to stop my show in January because I was talking about Trump Uh and that he liked Trump. Uh huh. And he got up Aco Go bananas in the back of the room and was like trying to get waitresses or the manager to get me off stage. And I had 20 minutes left. Like the only time he ever gets offended at stuff I do on stage. I've talked about him being a bad husband, a bad minister, a bad father, a bad Christian. The only thing that pisses him off is when I make it sound like he's a bad Republican. Well he that's inter- really mad.
0: That's interesting. Because like because it's like part of him knows that uh, that's probably true and it is about him.
3: Yeah. So- yeah, yeah. He loves the attention. <laughs> exactly. Oh boy, the amount like if he could sell merch after my show, he would fucking do that in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah. He yeah. loves to stand in the hallway when people leave and be like, Oh, I'm his dad. Yeah. And they're like, That's you from the jokes. Yeah. They don't care if it's bad. Well, I learned I learned something uh kind of heavy a couple of weeks ago from my dad. We were talking about his uh his dad yeah and one of his one of his brothers we went to see his brother and he was talking about how his brother got it way less than he did and uh, his like his dad lose like with no irony or self-awareness at all is like he just goes yeah billy never got it like i got it it was you know once i left the house he loosened up a lot and has just zero awareness of the fact that that's exactly what happened to my brother also yeah like how my, like, oh, you did you exactly the same yeah, thing. Yeah, right. But he, and I said something about his, about his dad. I was like, I was like, you know, that's wrong, right? Like the way that your yeah. dad treated you was wrong. And he goes, no, no, Fran-, he goes, Francis was really smart. He was a really smart man. And I was like, oh shit. You think that because he was smart, he couldn't be wrong. You think that being wrong means you're not smart. mm And that that just suddenly made a lot of puzzle pieces click. The Trump thing, where like, oh, I just think you're wrong about Trump. You think that that means I think you're an idiot. Right. That you don't know anything. Right. I just think you're wrong about that. Right. And I think I think smart people can be wrong all the time. Right. I don't think it has any But but also the fact is like this thing that I read about how you
0: have to believe your parents are great when you're really young. Yeah. They're your parents. Yeah. And and if they're and, and if they're fucked up and you feel fucked up about it, all you can do is blame yourself. Yeah. So you know, that then that's where that wiring comes from. That's how you feel insecure and fucked up is that you were denied something or abused in some way and you think it's your fault. So you yeah. you try this dumbass way of parenting yourself, which is just sort of like I'm an asshole. I'm an asshole. I'm gonna drink. I'm gonna. You know, but that's actually you
3: trying to fucking take care of yourself. Yeah. It's fucked up, man. It's a weird fucked up thing. And I I think my real reaction to that was never wanting kids. Yeah. And then I saw, like in the last four or five years, I've seen people have kids who are really, really good at it. Yeah. And now now i see them and i'm like i could do that where you're like patient and you can be you can just like you treat them like i see these and you're like oh you can never do that to a four-year-old or a five-year-old It's like i've seen people do that with a five-year-old and that five-year-old is like the best five-year-old yeah like he understands like like i've seen people be like no i can't like until you talk i can't help you like you just have to calm down and then i can help you and then i've seen the the kid start taking deep breaths trying to calm down realizing the situation yeah also like, oh, like i mean todd glass talks about it all the time but it really is if you just hit if you just if your first reaction is to hit your kid you're just an asshole yeah like, that's a human being yeah. it's not a thing you own yeah you made it but it's not yours <laughs> right. that's a person yeah <laughs> So like that—that's like a big, big shift where I can see like other versions of. Parenting. Holy shit!
0: I think you're going to turn into a you know a full, well-rounded person.
3: Yeah, I hope it doesn't make me unfunny. It won't, dude. <laughs>
0: Some things never go away. Yeah, you feel was, good. I feel great. It's a Good session. <laughs> it does feel. <laughs> it does feel like that. <laughs> good talking to you, man. Yeah. That's it. That's Mister Tate. That was the show. That was fun. You want me to play guitar? Fuck it, man. Let me put my headphones in. My earphones. My earplugs. I gotta put my earplugs in. Grandpa's gotta put his earplugs in so he can play loud through his Fender Champ. Hold on a second. I kind of lost it there at the end. I thought I was playing Freebird. Boomer lives!